0: Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name and we give thanks to you that we, in Jesus' name, know that we come to a God who loves us with an everlasting love. And we come in Jesus' name knowing that your spirit that now indwells us has shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that tells us that we come before a God who is love. We ask that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct us into the truth of the words that we've read this morning, and that, Lord, you would draw us into a closer walk with you, wanting to love you more and serve you with all of our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't noticed from the key text that we read this morning, one of the things that is very prevalent in this text is that of love. And one of the things that John declares very clearly in this passage is that God is love. And without this truth, we as sinners... Have no hope. There is no love without God's. For God is love, and God is the source of love, and God and love is essential to God's nature. Love comes from God. God is love, the Scripture says, and God has made us in His image so that we might love God and love one another. The famous verse all of us know is that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And this may seem too familiar for us. It may have already lost its depth of meaning Or or maybe it's great power that it's supposed to wield on our lives. Yet, when we hear that God is love, we must, as believers who have been born of God, hear what he has commanded of us. And that is this. As God has loved us, we are to love one another. Because the very fact that we are now born of God, we have been regenerated uh, by the Spirit of God. We are now partakers of Christ. We are now partakers, if you will, of the divine nature. And we have indeed the love of God. Poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And the very fact that the Spirit of God indwells us, we bear the fruit of the Spirit, which starts out with love. And one of the things that John makes very clear to us here is the fact that indeed, as God's beloved, we are to love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Just as John taught earlier in this particular layer, that no one can say that he knows God if he does not keep. God's word, his commandments. Because he's a liar and his truth is not in him, so it is that the one who says they love God but does not love his brother cannot know God. Why? Because John tells us God is love. The very essence, the nature of God is love. Just as we are told in John's Gospel that God is light and, and God is spirit, so God is love. And though the world has its counterfeits about what love is, we need to realize that true love has its source in God alone. The world has its counterfeits of what love is, and we are constantly inundated with corrupt images as well as pathetic views of what love is. We hear expressions like, love is because of the way a food may have tasted. Oh, I just love that food. Or the entertainment that we've watched and enjoyed. We say that we love that particular program. Or the sports we've watched or played. Why? Because it makes us feel good. It satisfies our cravings. It gives us a sense of achievement. However, this is not the love that has its source in God. The love that is central to God's essential nature is so far beyond the scope of these worldly types of expressions of love. As we read in Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7, the Lord declares, The Lord God, He is compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness to thousands, who forgives iniquities and transgressions and sin, and yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. You see, God's love is dealing with the truth of matters. And when we come and seek his forgiveness, forgiveness in God's love is abundantly provided in Christ. But also in his love, there is justice. And we ought to give thanks to God that he has a love that demands justice for wrongdoing. Paul defines love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8 in this way. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Love lasts forever. And God is love. In verse 9 here of this passage, we learn that God has manifested for us His love. How? He says that He sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. That aspect of God's love that was once hidden has now become evident. The unique, the eternal Son has been sent in life to fulfill the salvific mission of his Father. And by grace, we as sinners can be forgiven all of our sins and receive new life in Christ. You see, God is not only love, but God's love is demonstrated through the sacrifice of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, For sinners like us, so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have new life, eternal life in Christ. In verse 10, he explains it further. He says, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, God's love gift is God's Son who became the one who satisfied the righteous judgment of God for sins in his own body on that cross. He was the just as well as the justifier who have faith in Christ Jesus. Christ satisfies God's justice against sins by offering himself by laying down his life for us so that he might provide if you will through his sacrifice a perfect redemption for sinners that he came to save and who believe in him you see God is love but God the Son is love too in the manner in which he accomplished that great work of redemption out of love for us. In verse 11 and 12, John reminds us that no one has seen God, and there are scriptures, uh, both in the Old and New Testament, that says that no one can see God. But since God has so loved us, As we love one another, we demonstrate to the world that we have the love of God that is found only in faith in Jesus Christ. And as we do so love, John tells us, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let me say this. It is important for us to realize that as we love one another, others are watching in the world. They are watching the way in which we love one another. They are receiving, if you will, from us The love of God, as we demonstrate that through our love for them and our witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, love really is at the heart of our witness in this world. Jesus said it there in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. He said this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. That you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, God's love is being perfected in us as we demonstrate the love of God in this world, in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. James Montgomery Boyce quotes F.F. Bruce on this particular verse, and it sa- Bruce says this, The love of God displayed in his people is the strongest apologetic that God has in this world when his love is planted in their hearts and he himself thus dwells within them, his love is perfected. Well, how are we supposed to know that we are abiding in the love of God? as witnesses in this world. I think he brings it out here in verses 13 and following. There are actually three evidences that John gives us here of what it means of God abiding in us. The first one there is found in verse 13. He says, By this you know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his Spirit. The Holy Spirit that indwells us is a a proof, if you will, or evidence that God is abiding in us. And just as John had told us earlier about keeping the Lord's commandments to abide in God and he in us, so now... He's telling us the Spirit confirms, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit confirms in us that we are abiding in God as we love one another, as God loves us in Christ. If you haven't noticed, in each of these three points... We find out that God is love, the Father God is love, the Lord Jesus is love, and the Holy Spirit is love. And because the Trinity of God is love, we are called to love. John goes on in verses 14 and 15, he says, We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. This is part of that true confession of what we have already received in Christ. We are proclaiming and testifying this truth that the Father has sent His eternal Son into this world to be the Savior of it. He goes on and he says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. This is the true confession of every believer. That Jesus not only sent to be the Savior, but that he is the Son of God. And such confession is evidence. Indeed, that God abides in us and we in God. This truth of the Father sending his Son to be the Savior and Jesus Christ as being the Son of God and the only Savior of sinners in this world is an important foundational truth that we need to confess. And we as believers in Christ need to boldly confess this truth of the love of God found in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to our community, in our world today. Notice what he says here in verse 16. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. This is the third evidence here, because the love of God comes through the Spirit of God, and it gives us that abiding assurance that we are in God and God abiding in us. We as believers know, and we heartily trust in God's faithful love for us in Christ. In fact, we rely on that faithful love of God that it'll be an abiding love of God. And God gave us of His Spirit so that an abiding love might be not only evidence by our lives in loving one another, but it'll be evidence within our own lives, the Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, loved by God. He says in verse 17, By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Love is perfected. Love is perfected in this sense. As we spiritually grow and mature in our faith and in our love relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God, as that union grows and and we become more and more one with God and he with us, through saving faith in Christ, we have a confidence in the day of judgment to come because as he is, so are we in this world. He goes on and he says, there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. And as we mature in our love relationship with God, as we uh, trust him more and lovingly obey his word, God's love continues to pour out in our hearts. It banishes the fears. It allows us to experience perfect love that casts out fear. There's no sense in which we feel like we are under the punishment of God. No, we're in the love of God. God's love is abiding with us. The punishment was paid in full through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We are no longer under his condemnation for we are in Christ. My question here is, are you living in fear of God. Because if you are, John tells us, the one who fears has not been perfected, matured in their love for God. We love God. We reverence God. But we do not fear his punishment. For we are led by the Spirit of God and we are forgiven children of God who have been adopted into God's family and we have God, our Father, as our Father. As Paul wrote in Romans 8, verses 14 and 15, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And John tells us that we love because he, God first, loved us. The only reason why Christians are able to love is because God first, loved us. But here's the practicalness of what it means to be abiding in the love of God and God abiding in us as he said there in verse 16. It's verse 20 and 21. This is where the rubber hits the road. If someone says I love God and hates his brother John says he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Are you at odds with any of your brothers and sisters in Christ here in this church? Or maybe even outside this church. Is there someone that you could think about right now that things are not reconciled between you and them? It's important for us as the body of Christ that we so love one another that we are willing to forgive one another as God and Christ has forgiven Us. That means that we do not keep accounts of wrongs suffered. Because wrongs can be suffered, even in the best of conditions within the church. But we are unwilling and should be unwilling to keep accounts of any wrongs that are suffered. We should be forgiving even as God in Christ has forgiven us. To say that we love God and have hatred for a brother is living in opposition to what God commands us. We cannot hate our brother or sister who lives among us and believe for a moment that we truly love God. Whom we have not seen. It is this commandment that we have from him that we love one another as God has loved us. You see, love is our confidence for that day of judgment. So what are The motives, if you will, of why Christians are to love? Well, the primary thing is because God is love. And if we say that we abide in God, then we are to be loving one another. God's essence is love. And God's love is sacrificial. It's willing to lay itself down on the line in order to love the unlovely. God's love is the heart of our witness. It is what the world is looking to see and genuinely experience from the people of God, that we love one another and that we love them. We love them enough to share the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And it is God's love in our hearts through the Spirit that gives us the assurance that we are abiding in him and he in us. And it is God's love that is our confidence at the day of judgment. Truly, our lives should be lives of loving God and loving one another because it is God's love from first to last. Amen.